Welcome to the Nursing Home 411 podcast by the Long-Term Care Community Coalition. I'm Eric Goldwine, and I'll be joined by a special guest, renowned nursing home researcher, Dr. Charlene Harrington, to discuss her research on the perils of privatization in long-term care settings and how the predominantly for-profit system has shaped the coronavirus response in the United States. Hope you enjoy. Hi, Charlene. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for the invitation. So uh, Charlene is the co-author of a, a book that just came out called The Privatization of Care. This is an international, interdisciplinary team that put this together. Can you tell me about, about this project, how it came together, and what the uh, aim of this book is? Yes, the project was started by Professor Pat Armstrong and her husband, Professor Hugh Armstrong, in Canada, and it was funded by the Canadian Research Council. And the purpose of the study was to look at nursing homes in six countries, and especially in Canada, and to try to reimagine nursing homes in general and look at some of the best practices that are going on internationally. And so uh, about 26 faculty and 60 students came together to form a research team and we worked over a 10-year period to conduct the research. And this book is one book that came out of the project. And it's called The Privatization of Care. Can you talk about why you looked into privatization and what kind of impact that has had in the various places that were examined in this book, uh, uh, primarily in the United States? Well, privatization was found to be a big problem in all of the six countries that we talked about. Of course, the United States has always had a private system primarily for nursing home care, meaning that most of our nursing homes are operated by nonprofit and for-profit nursing homes. Only 6% of U.S. nursing homes are owned by public organizations. So, the, But we found in other countries they used to have mostly public nursing homes, and then they're moving to look like what we have in the United States toward privatization. So moving away from the public domain. And this has had a lot of consequences. And so we wrote several articles and then wrote this book to talk about the the process of privatization and what happens as a result of it. And what what has happened? Uh, uh, what have you seen? What has your research shown? Well, the consequences are very negative in all of the countries we looked at. Uh, 
particularly negative in terms of poor quality of care and low staffing. And the poor quality of care includes uh, problems for nursing home residents, such as infections, uh, poor sanitation, pressure ulcers, weight loss, overuse of drugs, and uh, general decline, all kinds of really negative outcomes, falls, and even unnecessary deaths. And so that's the main problem, and it's all related to the understaffing in private nursing homes. And there are several other negative consequences, too. We're, so we're recording this on March 17th. Um, uh, Charlene is in a shelter in place. She goes in the Bay Area due to coronavirus. And there's been all sorts of reports about how the how how coronavirus has impacted nursing homes. Have you and you just mentioned the connection between privatization and staffing? Has there have you seen a connection in at this stage? between privatization and the way that uh, coronavirus is being handled in nursing home settings? Absolutely. One of the main hotspots was in the state of Washington where the coronavirus was spread in a nursing home. This nursing home was owned by Life Care Centers of America, which is one of the five largest nursing home for-profit chains in the country. And this nursing home, before the coronavirus, had inadequate staffing. Its staffing was much lower than what professional standards say that the staffing should have been. And the facility, just the few months before the virus, was cited by the state of Washington inspectors for having inadequate infection control and also for poor sanitation. So it's not surprising that this was one of the uh, main places where the coronavirus was developed. And, of course, the residents got the virus, and th- there were, have been 13 deaths so far. Many of the nursing staff also got the virus, and then it was spread and taken home by them into the community before they realized that they had the coronavirus. So not only endangered and and killed residents, but it had horrible consequences for the staff and the entire community, and now it's spread all over the country. So it it brings into a clear view what can happen when you have inadequate care in a facility where you have so many vulnerable and sick residents. What response have you seen from ownership of uh, of this chain? I and mean, this is a and it's a horrible issue. And it's I mean the least of the concerns should be the reputation of the company. But uh, how have you seen them responding and reacting? Well, I I can't speak to that directly since I haven't been involved. Mm-hmm. But we know from many other emergencies of nursing homes that what happens when you have an emergency that affects the staff, that often then you don't have 
enough staff and more staff get sick and then they don't come to work. And so it makes the situation even worse. And uh, it's very hard to bring in new staff once you have something that's spreading Mm -hmm. like the coronavirus. So the emergencies are very, very severe. And once they start, it's very difficult to deal with it. Now, switching uh, switching topics to your book, uh, though it's not switching topics entirely, um, you co-authored one chapter comparing the UK uh, to the US and both of their, uh, their healthcare systems. Uh, you wrote, the UK and the US are the industrialized countries that have gone the furthest in the use of privatized long-term care services. Now, what uh, led you to draw this comparison? And can you also give a brief overview of of the similarities between the two systems and how they've evolved? We looked at the U.S. and the U.K. and, and all the other countries involved in our study, which was Germany, Canada, Norway, and Sweden. And so in comparison to those six countries, the U.S. had always been a privatized system. And we, of course, we don't have a national health insurance system. But the U.K. was particularly interesting because they have had a national health system for many years. And as part of their national health system, they provided long-term care to everyone Uh, who needed the care, and it was provided both through the National Health Service but also through the local authorities, which are are kind of like counties. So anyone who needed care received it. And up until recently, until the 1990s, when the U.K. started on an austerity program and cut back their health services dramatically. And then they began cutting back the financial coverage for people so that only individuals that had the greatest need in terms of being low income received the services. So they went from a a very comprehensive system to a system that looks like ours where Uh, only the people with the lowest incomes are covered for long-term care and everyone else has to pay out of pocket. So they actually surpassed the United States in that almost 80% of their nursing homes now are for-profit and many are owned by large chains, just like we have in the United States. And uh, they're having the same problems that we have now with these large for-profit chains uh, and private equity investors, which is poor quality, low staffing, lots of scandals. And uh, some of the other consequences of privatization that we document is the lack of transparency in terms of the, the government money that's paid to the nursing homes is is taken out in profits rather than put into the care of the residents. And 
So there's a lack of transparency and accountability for the money. And the regulatory oversight has been lax in both the U.S. and the U.K. So the nursing home for-profit companies are making excess profits and they're charging more and more money. And so you have a greater lack of access to services as well as the poor quality of care. So both of these countries have a a very poor long-term care system in contrast to, say, Norway. Yeah, so that leads into my next question. In your chapter on staffing, you point to Norway as a as having a successful model what is what is working in norway and what can be learned from from that well norway is an exceptional country in terms of it has a comprehensive healthcare system that covers everyone in the country for all its needs and it also includes comprehensive long-term care and home care at home. And what Norway has done is that it's a decentralized government system. So the nursing homes and the home care programs are owned by the municipalities, the cities. And they they actually own the buildings as well as operate most of the nursing homes. So that only... 6% of the nursing homes in Norway are operated by nonprofit or for-profit companies but the country the municipalities own the actual buildings so if these four companies do a bad job they can cancel the contract and take mm-hmm. over the operation by the cities or counties so they have a remarkably high-quality system with very good staffing and uh, uh, beautiful buildings, single-room occupancy for almost all of their nursing home services. And um, they, it, it's an amazing contrast with what we have in the United States. With regards to ownership of nursing home buildings uh you you just mentioned in how in norway the buildings the land and the facilities are are owned by the municipalities correct yes yeah and in the united states there are some complex ownership structures with regards to uh buying property flipping the property uh, can you exp- can you explain what goes on there and how how private companies take advantage of of that and can you explain it better than I just did? Yes, the in the United States, only six percent of the nursing homes are government owned. The rest mm-hmm. are all owned by private companies, but seventy percent are owned by these for profit companies and most of those are bigger and bigger nursing home chains these companies are primarily making money on the real estate that they own 
And so the operation of the nursing home is secondary. So they buy the real estate and the buildings, and then they set up separate corporations for the operations of the nursing homes and lease the building to the operation. And in this case, they charge very high lease rates. And in some instances, the the nursing homes have gone bankrupt because they can't pay the high rental costs that these companies are charging them for for the buildings. So it it creates a very unstable situation, and, and the companies are buying and selling the real estate and the buildings and pulling massive profits out of the operation of the building. And and back to back to Norway, uh, something you mentioned, one of the differentiators between Norway and the U.S. is the role of unions. You cited a couple striking examples of how unions have played a role in bringing awareness and bringing attention to staffing issues. What what roles are unions playing in Norway and how have they uh, affected staffing there? Well, the, the unions are very strong in Norway, as are the professional organizations for nursing. And so they stand up for quality and they the workers are all receive very good wages and for example their lower level staff in terms of education make very good money so a typical nursing assistant might make 50,000 a year so they are they're not underpaid and they have health benefits they have sick leave they have many um, benefits that we don't have in the United States. So most of our workers are making minimum wage, less than $15 an hour, and many of them are living at poverty levels. There's very high turnover, and they don't have health benefits, and they don't have sick leave, so they often come to work sick, and that's one of the ways that viruses are spread throughout the nursing homes. So in Norway, when they did have a couple of for-profit chains administer some nursing homes, and the unions reported these chains when they were cutting the staffing and trying to cut corners, and they cut on, on the pension benefits of the workers. So once the expose was done by the unions, the, the city governments threw these for-profit companies out and would not let them operate nursing homes. But in the United States, we have very low union membership in nursing homes, and so uh, nurses, nurses not only RNs, but all levels of nursing personnel are quite vulnerable. They can be fired at any time. And uh, so their working conditions are very poor, and that leads to the poor quality. And, of course, they, when you don't have enough staff, they can't get the work done. So it, it's a very difficult situation. 
mm-hmm. in the United States. And I'm going to I'm going to read an excerpt from your section on unions just to give the listeners an idea. In 2011, underpaid and overworked nursing home workers were found to be housed in primitive bomb shelters beneath the nursing home in Oslo run by ADECO, a for-profit actor operating nursing homes, hospitals, slaughterhouses, employment agencies, and other ventures. Following the scandal, the Swiss-led multinational private equity company was ousted from the health and care sector in Norway. The scandal was a turning point with regard to the interest of unions and the media in nursing homes. Is there any uh, other details you want to share about that particular incident? Um, I know I just gave a a quick summary. Well, that that was one of the scandals that Mm -hmm. came out of that was reported by the unions. And before that, the government of Norway was interested in moving toward privatization because Sweden has had quite a lot of privatization of its nursing homes. But once that scandal came out, it really uh, shaped the public opinion dramatically against privatization of of nursing home care in Norway. And so it had a major political impact. And yet uh, we've had the same scandals in the United States over and over again with these large nursing home chains that have been reported in the paper. And yet our government has allowed these companies to continue to operate. And so we haven't been able to remove them from the operation of nursing homes in the United States. And partly that's because we're so totally dependent on them now, because if you, over 56% of nursing homes are owned by these for-profit chains, whereas in Norway they only had a few companies and they were able to kick them out. For our listeners, Charlene uh, uh, is a, uh, one of the leading experts in uh, in this field. I'm uh, grateful to, to be having some of her time here. Um, she's been publishing academic articles for uh, for decades. Uh, can you, Charlene, can you tell our listeners how you got involved in in researching nursing homes? Well, after I graduated from graduate school, I went to work for the California Department of Health Services and I was put in charge of regulating. Um, nursing homes and hospitals and other healthcare facilities in California. And we had many quality problems. This was back in the 1970s. Mm-hmm. And some of the same shocking quality problems that we have today. And so we did a big crackdown on nursing homes and I became very interested in it. And, and then when I went to the university, I continued my work in the area of nursing home quality and regulation and financing. How, how do you think that early experience shaped your uh, current perspective on your current work? Well, it, it, it showed that you can do a good job of regulating if you set up the regulations and then you 
you have a, a government structure that's committed to, to trying to enforce the regulations. But un, unfortunately, uh, the, both California and, and nationally, we haven't had a strong government commitment to enforcement. So it can be done, but it's not being done. And partly that's because the industry has so much political influence, both in Congress and on the current administration, as well as at the state level. So unfortunately, politics get in the way of, of good regulatory oversight. We're going to close this interview. We do a, a, a guest recommendation segment where uh, we get to find out what, what you're reading, what you're watching. So there's two, there's, it's a two-part question. Our first is, a, what's a nursing home-related report or news article or video or book that you would uh, recommend? Well, of course, we'd like to recommend people buy our book, The Privatization yes. of Care, yes. by the Armstrongs, which just came out. And where would they where would they buy that? They they can get it on. Well, they would have to order it at a bookstore. It's a Rutledge publication, or they can order it online. And then, there's another book that for consumers that has recently come out by John Guyman, G E Y M A N, called Long Term Care in America. And it's a very good overview for consumers. So I would recommend that. Okay, great. And we'll put both of those in our uh, show description. And how about, uh, we're, we're all going to have a lot of inside, indoor time over these next uh, weeks, months, uh, who knows. Uh, but what, what about a non-nursing home related item? This could be a, a movie, a television show, uh, uh, music, anything, anything you'd, you recommend? Well, I I read mystery books for escape, but <laughs> I I would recommend uh, the movie Little Women. I think mm-hmm. it's it's a wonderful book in in the theaters right now, or you, or you can get it on the, through streaming, and it's a good good diversion and it shows a, a good example of family values and the importance of family, which we seem to have lost to a certain extent in the United States. Okay, well, I'll put that on my own uh, on my own watch list. Um, thank you. Thank you so much for, for taking the time, and I hope you, uh, you stay safe and healthy through all this, and your work is really valued always, but especially at, at this moment. Um, given what's happening to uh, uh, nursing homes uh, across the country. Uh, Well, thank you very much. Thanks to Dr. Harrington for joining the show. You can read more about our latest research in the book titled The Privatization of Care, The Case of Nursing Homes by Patton Hugh Armstrong. You can find more episodes of our podcast on nursinghome411.org, as well as on iTunes and Spotify. Our music is by Silverman Sound Studios. Thanks for listening.